وتنال في الغرفات خير مكاني واتلو الكتاب مرتلا آياته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد ومن ولا السلام عليكم ورحمة الله Welcome back to Foundations and Reflections with a focus on the 36th chapter of the Quran and you will recall last time that we begin kind of unpacking the first few verses of this chapter Yasin noting that there are three opinions around the word Yasin it's the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as held by Imam Malik radiallahu anhu that Yasin is one of the names of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and then also that Yasin is a word which is from Habasha, right? The Habasha community, which means Ya Insan, O human being. And then we talked about the oath, Wal Quran Il Hakim, Allah swears by the wise Quran, the idea that something wise keeps us from ignorance, keeps us from evil, brings about benefit, solves problems for us is able to stop issues. That's the meaning of haqqa means manat. That's why the hakim, the judge, actually is the one who stops people. And then we talked about innaka la min al-mursaleen. Indeed, and this is the answer to the oath. Like, I swear by the wise Quran, indeed you are the messenger. You are a messenger. You have been sent from amongst the messengers. We learn a number of things from that verse that we talked about last time, but there's two more points that I would like to make. Number one is that that verse is the response to the concerns of the Meccans and the contentions of the Meccans that the Prophet ﷺ was not a prophet. A'udhu billah. And Allah answers them. So now if we look at our communities, I would say that oftentimes we are making fashionable da'wah. We are making kind of a celebratory da'wah in communities. But are we really calling people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Number two is that there's transparency to the point that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is answering the concerns of people in Mecca. We also, as a community, have to be strategic, but transparent enough to answer major concerns that people have, major doubts that people have, major attacks that people have. The third thing, and this is extremely important, is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have said, you are just a messenger, we learn something about appreciating the idea of critical mass. Great ideas tend to come from a person, but they tend to be carried by people. So the Qur'an is transcendently located. The ideas of the Qur'an and faith are coming from God, but they are carried by a large number of people. The idea of working together in a group and understanding strategically that when you're able to present yourself in large numbers, that can be an influencer. So Allah doesn't just say, Innaka la Rasul, you are a messenger. He says, Innaka la min al mursaleen. You are from the messengers that have been sent. The strategic importance of numbers and having trust in God. I'll give you an example of this. I was in a city where people were trying to pass legislation that would allow halal food to be in public schools and kids to get out for Eid. And one of the questions that we were asked was, what are your numbers? What are the numbers of your constituents that can justify putting this policy into place? So we learn something here in this verse. You know, you're from a group of people. You guys have these shared values and these shared beliefs. 
So never underestimate. You know, I hear sometimes people say, who cares about numbers? No, if you can have numbers and keep your trust in Allah, that's good, alhamdulillah, and that's strategic. Then Allah says, Ala siratim mustaqim. You, O Muhammad, this is one meaning of this verse, or ala, we talked about the meaning of ala, ala siratim mustaqim, upon the straight path. Another meaning that scholars mentioned is, you are from the messengers, waha'ula, those messengers, whom ala siratim mustaqim, they are on the straight path. And you recall also that we talked about the word sirat, and we mentioned the three authentic ways to read that sa'd, mentioned by uh, Ash-Shatibi, uh, rahimahullah ta'ala, when he said, وَعِنْدَ صِرَاتٍ وَالصِرَاتِ لِقُمْبُولَ بِحَيْثُ أَتَى وَصَارَ زَيَّنْ أَشِمَّهَا So he mentions in his poem, there's three ways to read sirat, with sa'd, sirat, seen, sirat, and a mixture of sa'd and zay, zirat. All three of those have the same meaning. All three of those are authentic, alhamdulillah, recited by Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But we said the origin of the word is sirat, was seen, and that word actually means to swallow, to swallow something. And metaphorically, the idea was like, you go on this path and you've disappeared. So it's like you've, you've been swallowed by the path. Now you think about how that applies to Islam. It's like once someone truly embraces faith and has accepted faith, it's like they have been swallowed. Their life has been swallowed and consumed by the haqq. Allahu Akbar. There's something else, and this is where we stopped last time, that in Arabic there's this concept in rhetoric called isti'ara. And isti'ara, as mentioned by the ulama, is called in Arabic very beautifully tajseedul afkar, which means that you take a theoretical concept and you give it like a physical feel. You take something that's theoretical and you give it a physical feel in order to create an impact in the listener and an imagery that captures kind of what that theoretical concept really is. So we see this here. Allah doesn't say, al-haq, you know, you guys are on the truth or you, O Muhammad, are on the truth. Allah uses a physical form to describe the truth. Siratim mustaqim. And there's a lot of lessons that we take from that. Number one, this is a process. The truth is like a path. A path requires planning. A path requires that you take the necessary provisions. A path is not something that just comes and goes. I worry about a community when I see it very event-based instead of process-based. So you'll find communities that are really excited to have guest speakers, but their imam is well-equipped to teach them. But they don't appreciate the imam because the imam is kind of just there. That's event-based Islam versus process-based Islam. Islam is a process. They'll get excited for like conventions, and that's normal to a certain degree, of course, and yearly events, but neglect just volunteering in their local community. So have we become a community that is event motivated instead of being process motivated? Well, Surat al-Mustaqim is a lifelong process. Allah says, worship Allah until you die. Don't die unless you die in a state of submission. Also, to travel on a path, we need companions. Like there's so many things you can take from this. The idea of the truth being a path. 
It's just really powerful. And I'm going to let you guys unpack that, discuss that amongst yourselves. But this is called istiara. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah has taken you from darknesses, which is disbelief, to light, which is the truth. Again, this is the idea of istiara, tajseed al-afkar, right? Taking something which is theoretical and giving it a physical form. Meaning that the Quran is tanzil, is something that has been revealed. And the word nazala means to come down. It's the same word that applies to rain because we sent rain from the heavens. Scholars said that the reason the same verb is given for the Quran that's given to rain is that the job of rain is to bring life to a dead dead land and the job of the Quran as revelation is to bring life to a dead heart and dead human being not physically dead but maybe emotionally spiritually dead so the Quran comes as this refresher tanzil al-aziz rahim sent from aziz and ar-rahim aziz is one of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which means the almighty meaning that nothing can stop him, nothing can prevent him from doing whatever he wants, and he can conquer whatever he wants, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Izzah is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Rahim, we talked about that in Surah Al-Fatiha. On the podcast, you can go and listen to Surah Al-Fatiha, and you'll hear the explanation there. But then Allah says, لِتُنذِرَ قَوْمًا And this is really, really important, mashallah, that you are a messenger, revelation has been sent to you, Belief in the other messengers, all of this comes together. Why? So that you can warn. That lamb, li, is called lamu ta'lil, so that you can. Tundir. The word nether is used when you're trying to warn someone of a darar, of something that's going to harm them. That's the meaning of it. So, li tundira. All of this has been revealed to you, and you are a messenger so that you can warn. You can warn from harm. And here we extract one of the major principles of Islam, which is Jalbu Musalih Wadar al Mafasid, bringing benefit and preventing harm. If people ask you, what's the purpose of Islam? What's the goal of Islam? Of course, worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, establishing Tawheed, avoiding shirk, those are all kind of the particulars that fall under this large umbrella of Jalbu Musalih Wadar al Mafasid, bringing benefit and preventing harm. This is one of the foundational structures of Islam. That's why great, great scholars, Al-Baqilani, Imam Al-Haramain, Imam Al-Ghazari, Qadi Abu Bakr ibn Al-Arabi, Izzedine Abdul Salam, Imam Ibn Taymiyyah, Ibn Qayyim, Shawkani. You can name scholar after scholar after scholar after scholar after scholar. They all mention that the goal of Islam in its universal form is to bring benefit and prevent harm. And that's why Sayyidina Ibn Abbas, radiyallahu anhuma, he said, whenever you see, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, O you who believe, after that is either going to be an order that's bringing you benefit or a prohibition that's keeping you from harm. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لِتُنذِرَ So that you can warn, we understand the Prophet's job, his relationship with Revelation, and all of the Prophets before him. Their major job is to protect people from harm in this life and the next. And then something important happens here, and I want you to pay attention to this. لِتُنذِرَ قَوْمًا قَوْمًا means people, okay? And 
you noticed here, if you're listening carefully and if you memorize this chapter, that it's not لِتُنْذِرَ لِتُنْذِرَ الْقَوْمَ الْإِفْلَامِ The people. Contextually, that would make sense because the Prophet was sent at that time in Mecca. He's preaching to a specific group of people. Why is it indefinite instead of definite? Meaning, why does it have tanween? Tanween, that un, that in, and that un, that serves a lot of purposes in Arabic. A lot of purposes. For example, when you want to show something can't be defined, it's not restricted. So from that, it would mean, that you've been sent to all people. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Not just to the Arabs, but to everybody. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. All these things that have happened to you, prophethood, the revelation, your relationship with other prophets, so that you can warn all people. And as a community, as followers of the Prophet, we are now an extension of that warning. Our job is to warn people of things that can harm them. I worry sometimes when I see in Dawah, people are very happy. People like to talk about all the great things that are happening. And even socially, we find agitation. But it's very rare to find spiritual agitators in the Muslim community, in the public sphere. I understand why. We're in a post-9-11 world. I've been guilty of it. I'm not, not trying to say I'm not free of this. It's a struggle. But the prophets were not only bearers of glad tidings. They brought heat. They warned people. So you, O Muhammad, are not just sent to your people. You're sent to all people. And we, as a prophetic community now, carry that responsibility. As the Prophet said, In Sahih Muslim, you are the witnesses of God on the face of the earth. This community, the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad That means we have to learn. We have to have knowledge of our religion. We have to have knowledge of the place where we are so we can warn with wisdom. There's another cool meaning that comes out of this and perhaps it is that it's only talking to the Quraysh. But if that's the case, then the meaning changes to qawma means like awesome people. These are really great people. These are people that have, you know, a level of, of respect. Why would the Quran do that? You know, sometimes when you see brothers and sisters making dawah, they tend to be really harsh and debasing towards others. They don't offer people a sense of respect. And they end up sometimes being counterproductive in their dawah. So maybe we learn something from qawma. The idea is that you have to look into the people around you and be able to recognize the good that they have. Not just the bad, but the good. So you can warn these amazing people. Now that takes us to a third question. And this question is asked a lot in community organizing. And that is, who are your people? That's a very tough question. Who are your people? And the answer then is going to lead into how you strategize on organizing people around important issues. Isn't it incredible that the prophets always started their dawah in the Quran with Ya Qawmi, oh my people, because the prophets knew their people. And if you were to ask them, who are your people, they would be able to give you a very robust answer. I want to stop for a second. I want to ask you who are listening to me right now, who are your people? Because if you can answer that question, you, you can say, you can definitely come with some kind of general answer. But I mean, 
Who are the people that you really know their composition? You understand the ingredients that makes them move. You've invested them in such a way that you know how to tinker under the hood of their culture and affect them religiously. Who are your people? If you can't answer that question, then you really need to take a step back. And I really need to take a step back and understand who are my people? I'm not just saying the Ummah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I get that. But who are the people that you and I need to warn? Who are the people that you and I need to speak to? Who are the people that you and I need to engage in some spiritual intervention with wisdom? It's very profound that the prophets always start their da'wah with Ya Qawmi, my people, because they knew who their people were. You know why that's really important that we're going to stop here inshallah ta'ala because that's that's a lot to, that's a lot to carry man and you don't want to put too much weight on the bar and that is if you can tell me who your people are and if i can tell you who my people are then i know who i am but if i'm not able to answer that question and tell you who my people are then i don't really know who i am and i don't understand myself and one of the conditions of being involved in religious work is to understand who you are, is to know who you are and know who your people are. Barakallahu feekum wa jazakamallahu khairan. We'll continue insha'Allah with this verse in the future. May Allah accept it from us and make the Qur'an something beloved to all of us. Wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. وتظل في من آعن الأحزان وتنال في الدارين عيشا هانئا وسعادة وسلامة وأمان فعليك بالقرآن فعليك بالقرآن فعليك بالقرآن فاسلك نهجه فهو الذي ينجي من النيران فيه شفاء وبه تبدد حيرة الحيران وبه النفوس يزول عنها غلها وبه القلوب تعيش فاقرأ لكي ترقى إلى هام العلا وتنال في الغرفات خير مكان
واتلوا الكتاب مرتلا آياته متدبرا في سحره الفتاح